Why, hello, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Orange Juice Optional. My name is Michelle, and for our listeners out there, our returning listeners, I just want to say thanks for sticking with us through our hiatus. You don't have to worry. Suzanne and I didn't get in a big fight. She is actually here with me today. So, hey, Suzanne, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing fine. Like, I have a lot of energy today because I am so excited to get back to recording. I really feel like we kind of left the listeners hanging a little bit with our exit back in either late November, early December. Well, we kind of did, but our lives kind of got away from us. They sure did. And I can say about that, I started to feel like I wasn't giving the podcast the time and attention that it actually needed. And I didn't feel like I was doing my best. And so that's the reason I decided to put a little pause in there. And then we talked about it. And you also agreed that it was a timing thing. Correct. But you've done a lot of hard work on the on the social media end, on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, and we got a new logo going, just a revised logo, which you did a great job on. Well, thank you very much. And I would just like to say we've done a lot of hard work because in addition to the social media changes, which I do have to give a huge shout out to Eva, my daughter-in-law, we have brought her on to help me with that because as Mm -hmm. you know, technically challenged. But we've also are bringing a new structure to Orange Juice Optional. It's just not going to be going into it with one topic. It's going to be going into it with different segments, fun segments. Right. And shorter segments. So that way, if you only have 10 minutes to listen, you can listen to one segment and then come back and not miss anything and go into the second segment. And maybe a third segment, we'll see how the timing goes. But we're going to keep them short and sweet. Yes, and I'm so excited about this because we have a lot of fun topics that we can bring in and out of the show. Our listeners, they love the episode on sparking joy. And so every once in a while, we'll throw in a segment on what's sparking our joy or finding the silver lining in a tough situation, current events. There are so many there. And we're right now in the process of trying to come up with clever names for these different segments. Well, you're trying to come up with clever names. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. (laughs) Well, it was your idea, though. Like, I want fun names, Michelle. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I kind of threw that on your lap because I'll never come up with clever names. But, for example, we're going to end each episode with something to sip on, which is a clever name for something to leave you with thinking about, a quote, anything. Yes, a quote that is thought-provoking or funny or just something to, yeah, leave you with. I guess that's the best way to um, leave you thinking. Yes, something something to sip on. on. So I'm very excited about the changes that are here. Is there a quick update that you would like to give the listeners on things going on in your life? Not so much. No. How about you? You know, just really happy to have some downtime because it was go, go, go the whole end of 2022. And so stepping into 2023, I'm getting projects done and that is sparking joy. So that's about it here. Yeah. So with that, I think we should jump into our very first segment ever of the newly improved, brighter, Bubblier, bolder, orange juice optional. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Let's go for it. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so we're back. And the topic that we decided to do is a current event, something that is going on in the world around us. It's something that, okay, now I'm tripping over my words. Do you want to jump in here? Serious. Not too serious. It's a topic that's not too serious, but it has people talking. And now we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it has people talking. And we record a little bit early. And so like a week later, it's still going to be relevant. It's still going to be a topic that people are discussing in a week. Right. And I did think this segment should be called our talk of the day, which is a current event people are talking about, we're going to talk about, that's not too serious, but enough to keep us thinking. Yeah, or venting. Yeah, or keep us opinionated. But I mean, that goes without saying in my, in my world. So I'm just wondering if this topic has you seething. So but yes. why don't we just jump right into it? And I'll let you introduce our current event or our talk of the day. Well, we're going to talk about Prince Harry's new book, Spare, which I refused to read, but I know that you ordered it. I did order it, and I was very excited to order it. I was happy when it came in the mail, and I am currently reading it. But it was funny because I asked you, hey, Suzanne, are you going to get a copy? Do you want to read this book? And you said you're not giving that man a dime of your money. So (laughs) I was going to say you can like borrow my copy if you change your mind. Well... I've read enough excerpts through like People Magazine or Good Morning America or any number of talk shows. And, you know, I just thought, "Mm, no, not going to do it. Because as you know, I'm obsessed with the royal family. I love the royal family. And I think that what Harry and Meghan are doing is just wrong. (laughs) And we'll just start there. Yeah, no, you know, I am a person who can see vantage points from many different directions. Like Mm -hmm. if someone shares their story, I'm going to find something in that to hold on to and to work with. I was curious enough, of course, to buy the book. And as I'm reading the book, some of it's a little bit petty, I will say, but the, the message that is coming through and the message that has come through in interviews is one of really feeling the role of being the spare heir. Like it's never about him. Oh yeah. Let's the definition of petty. (laughs) It's never about me. Oh, poor me. No, I was talking more about some of the ex, like the, the parts of the book that I have read so far in which he is, talking about his brother and how he's noticed his brother has lost his looks. He used to look more like Diana, but as he looks at him now, he is balding, has bald, you know, lost more hair than right. he has or something like that. And I'm just like, well, that's like, why did that need to, to be in the book? I understand like when you're looking at your brother, you're seeing this, but why does well, that description have to be in the book? Well, and I think that, that just sends you into, let's read between the lines. He is very resentful and of his brother and his brother's position. 
Not that his brother chose the position he's in, but he's resentful of it. And so he's making petty comments about him because it's like, who does that? And, and all of that being said, anything you listen to is my opinion based on what I've heard in interviews with Harry. I've listened to a lot of interviews, but I have not read the book. So if my information is incorrect, I apologize, but I'm basing it on interviews only and not on the book because as I said, I don't want to support financially support the book. And I get it. I mean, you're listening to the interviews and it's Harry doing the interviews. So the information you're getting from there and he is makes the same. A, right. And he makes a point in all of his interviews that he's speaking the truth and the truth should be coming from him, not the media. So everything he says is his perception of the truth. So I am only reporting or commenting on what I've heard him say. And if I take it out of context, I take it out of context because it's coming from an interview that I watched. Right. And everybody has their story. Everybody sits down and can recall their memories from their vantage points. They don't have the gift of sitting in someone else's body with someone else's mind. So this is how he is feeling about things. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that. I mean, this was his role yeah, in life. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it was his role in life, but it's like, okay, let's see. At one point I heard him say he had to flee from Europe or he had to flee from England to protect his wife. It's like, come on, isn't that just a little overdramatic? He chose to leave. He didn't flee for his life. Come on. Right. It's Sometimes just... word choices are yeah. a little over the top and could be said yeah. differently. But for the drama of it, right. it's a choice, I guess. Right. Well, and I'm not going to, I like I said, we want to keep our segment short and sweet, but there is one example from the book, it's an excerpt I read in People Magazine. So I did not read it from the book. I took the excerpt from People Magazine. It may not have the correct surrounding context. Just preface my comments with that. But he talks about the week before the wedding when Kate made Megan cry. And have you read that part of the book yet? Have you gotten to that part of the book? I have not. Okay. Well... In People magazine, it, you know, it says that there was a dis an argument or a discussion between Kate and Megan because Kate called Megan the day before the wedding and said, the bridesmaids dresses don't fit. And, you know, these are little girls um, because in England, children are the bridesmaids. And she told Megan that they had to get the dresses altered before the wedding because they the fit was bad enough that it had to be repaired. And Megan told Kate to go ahead, do whatever you have to do, get them fixed. And a discussion ensued and Megan cried. And then Harry said, but she was crying that whole week, everything made her cry that week. 
But it's like, okay, then why is that in the book? Why is the argument between Megan and Kate even relevant? It's like, doesn't everyone cry before their wedding? And isn't everyone upset before their wedding? This is not, this is pettiness. This is let go of it. <laughs> you know, let go of this, this argument you had with Kate. Who cares? Everybody has those arguments. It's like, are they so out of touch that they don't get what real life is? That this is what happens the week before a wedding. Brides cry. People make brides cry because brides are emotional. Right. And I think that's a really good point that you make there. I mean, that would, in hindsight, be something kind of petty. In addition to that, and in the interviews that I've heard, he goes on to speak that a lot of her emotion was coming from everything that was going on with her father back in the States. He was paying to have his story put in, or he was staging, right? you know, these pictures mm-hmm. that they were taking. And so that, plus the stress of a wedding, the stress of stepping into this role, there's a lot going on there that could make you cry. And I think that is something very small and agree that it is petty. Right. And to further that point, it's like, oh, for God's sake, you've been married for five, six years now. Let it go. Get over it. I mean, do we really hang on to arguments that long in our lives? At some point, you've got to forgive and forget. Even if you don't forgive, you've, you know, it's still bothering them enough that they had to put it in print. They had to put it where the whole public could read what pettiness was going on a week before the wedding. All that does is, you know, put a shroud of of grayness over what was a spectacular event. And it's like, why? What's the purpose? No good purpose. When we look back on weddings, our own weddings we've attended, and things that have happened that have caused little family rifts (laughs) throughout the years, I mean, they really, in the grand scheme of things, are quite petty. But they do play out that way, and people do hold grudges. Yeah, but but what good purpose does that serve? It doesn't serve a good It doesn't purpose. serve any. It doesn't serve anything for the greatest and highest good of anybody, especially right. if you're wanting a reconciliation with your brother right. and your father and the well, family. Well, clearly he doesn't want a reconciliation. Clearly that's not what his motivation is. He didn't write this book to reconcile with his family. If Okay, he took petty and made it enormous and so i have to agree uh, he took a an anthill and made it a mountain and if he in any way expected that to mend fences he's crazy we're all crazy if we believe that he's the poor victim and his whole family has turned against him. He created this. He did not have to do this. I think his main motivation was to earn enough money to keep his new his family no longer a part of the royal family comfortable financially. I think that's yeah. his main motivation. I would agree with that. And I and I get that's why people write books. That's why people that's part of why you write, you know, you choose that as your career and it makes you successful financially. Yeah. And, you know, looking back at everything that I've seen and heard 
And this is when I'm going to have a hormonal moment or a senior moment because I absolutely just lost my train of thought. I'll just move on from that. But what I would like to also say something else, like you have boys, you have two boys and in their lives, they fight. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they've punched each other, pushed each other. I mean, it's brother stuff. But you did hear him talk about that fight he had with William, right? Do you think that was petty to put in the book or do yes, you think it was just absolutely. him because wanting he to clear the air? He can't recognize normal. He can't recognize the difference between what's normal fighting, typical fighting, brotherly fighting, and abuse. You know, he's he's in he's implying in the book in my opinion that his brother was abusive. Now, none of us were there to witness it. So maybe it was abuse, but the surrounding story sounds more like, have you never, (laughs) have you never had an argument with your brother before where he pushed you and you lost your balance? I mean, I remember when my sons were about 10 and 13 and my 13 year old didn't know his own strength yet. He had, he was going through puberty. He was manning up, you know, becoming this bulky and he didn't know his own strength. And in a playful argument, he pushed his 10 year old brother and the 10 year old brother lost his balance and fell. And then the 13 year old felt really bad about it. Well, isn't that sound like what happened, except maybe it wasn't playful, but isn't that sound like what happened with William and Harry? It did. It did. Push, fell, regret. Hmm. Typical. Yeah. I'm not condoning, I'm not condoning abuse. I'm just saying sometimes these things happen and it's not necessarily abuse. It just happened. And he was was regretful. In the moment. And maybe in their life, that is very out of characteristic because you're always playing your role. So yeah, you're right. Maybe he just doesn't even realize how normal that is to get into arguments that sometimes you get a push. Or maybe he's just thinking, we're grown men and this happened. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't see my boys punching each other now, but when they were younger, I did. And so my opinion about this whole book is it's very self-serving. He comes across as entitled and a little bit spoiled. And I think he needs to just gain some maturity and maybe some experience, real life experience. And he may even look back at this book someday and say, ooh, maybe should have thought that through a little more before I put that in my book or I published that book. But again, my opinion. And I'm sure there's some parts of that book he will regret, like, I really didn't need to say that. But still, there is a story of a a young boy who lost his mother at a young age. She was fun-loving. She was vivacious. She was the center of his world. And Mm -hmm. he was then left in a very traditional and a very staunch, I would say, environment. He he talks about his father and there not being a lot of warmth there, but occasionally he would get that. And, you know, his relationship with his stepmom and brother and, you know, it just is so 
stuck in tradition that he didn't feel like he got the warmth that he was seeking or that he needed or the help to talk through things that he was experiencing. Like everyone wanted to help. They just didn't know how. Poor baby. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I feel bad. I do feel bad. I know I, you do. And, and I know you do because you, you have a lot more compassion for people. I am a lot more cynical and I get that. And I just, my nieces lost their father when they were 10 and 12. You know, it's like a lot of people have to go through the loss of a parent or a sibling or even a grandparent. And yeah, it maybe doesn't go the way you wish it had, but at some point you've got to learn how to deal with that loss and not hang on to it. Hang on to that poor me. I wasn't raised well enough because no one recognized my my pain. I mean, it's a hard concept for me to understand because he had a good life. <laughs> I mean, I understand, I do understand the the grief of losing a parent and how that can change you forever. But he had a pretty good life. Yeah, I would say he didn't want for much in the material world, and he was a prince, and that's pretty cool. There <laughs> are not mm -hmm. many princes in this world. But yeah, suffering a loss like that on such an enormous world stage, like mm -hmm. there's added pressure there, but I, I, I get I, I, I get it. But yeah. I just want to see, and I know it's going to be hard, especially after this book, reconciliation, but some movement at some point of the brothers and the dad because time is ticking and you mm -hmm. don't get this time back and it's just sad right. to me it's just really sad and he has an audience he's speaking truth from his perspective right the palace won't let anyone share their perspective on things so okay well let's just put this out there just quick before okay. we wrap this up so let's say one of your siblings wrote a book about you and the miserable life they had with you. Would there ever be reconciliation? I would hope to get there. Like, honestly, I would try to move past it. I really try to meet people like where they're at. And if they're there in that moment, that's a hard one for me because, you know, if someone well, explains it to me, I do see it from their perspective and can have empathy for it. Right. But I just think that, because I've thought about that a lot. It's like, okay, if someone hurt me or a member of my family publicly in print, on social media, in a crowded room, yeah, I don't know if the reconciliation is ever going to come. You know, it's like, I can be cordial to them, I can be kind to them. But will I will I ever be able to move on from that? It would be a tough and time heals, you know, time heals all wounds. I always live by that. It's like enough time passes, the hurt, the grief, the the disbelief, 
you know, that all fades, it lessens in its severity. So maybe time heals that, but I don't know if someone wrote a book about me and it was all bad. <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever reconcile with that person. I don't know if I'd ever be able to speak to them again. Yeah. You're giving me some, something to sip on right now. And yeah, we haven't even gotten go. to the quote because I haven't ever looked at it from that perspective. I would like to think at some point, and maybe I'm overly optimistic. I get it. I always try to find the bright side and the good in people, mm -hmm. but I would really have to lean into that shared history and the nostalgia of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it would be a hard one. I could maybe forgive, but definitely not forget and would have, it would be different. It would always be different. There would always be walls up in places they couldn't get to that they used to have free access to. Right. So. Right. And I, so I think to expect reconciliation may, might be ridiculous, unrealistic, unrealistic. I like that word better. Yeah. yeah especially right. when like Prince Charles, or I guess King Charles, sorry, sorry, mm -hmm. universe, King Charles, and now Prince William, when he also went after their spouses like that, so, exactly. or make comments about them. So that, that would be hard because you're protecting now your family. So, okay. So we'll just wind up the segment unless you have anything else to no, add. I, <laughs> no, I think we beat that one into the ground. Okay. So <laughs> just to make sure everybody knows how you feel, you will not be reading the book Spare. No, I will not. Okay. Well, I'll have to then fill you in on all the juicy details. And I've heard there are some. I just haven't got there yet. So to be continued. Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. We're moving on. Okay. Well, we're back. And I'm excited to be back because this is a new segment that we're going to be introducing on our podcast. We all know that Suzanne has a love of books. She has a love of her book club. I actually have a very fond love of my book club too, but we call mine book club light because we don't really read a book. So it's really a wine club. But let's get back to the book club concept. We are going to do a book of the month. And I'm so excited about that. I am too, of course, because you know I love my books. You do, and you have such a library and such, you know, a mindset where you can just pull these wonderful books out, and this is going to be a lot of fun. I know. I agree. Okay, so what are you thinking for, like, the structure of this? Do you have certain genres that you think we'll concentrate on? Well, I think that we should try to do a different genre every month. And so we don't get pigeonholed into one area specifically. And at least start that way. So every month we're reading a different genre. And then we can come back to genres that we enjoy reading, that we both find interesting and fun to talk about. Okay. Well, just to get this started... What would you say are your top three genres that you like to read? My top three would be probably historical fiction, biographies, and a great fiction. But I would say 
not, <laughs> I love fiction too. I love just general fiction. I usually like a time period, so I can't take that one. Biography, historical fiction, and then there's going to be, I do like some self-help books. I don't like to get bogged down with self-help because they tend to be all very similar. I like cookbooks, love reading cookbooks. What are your top three? I would have to say my top three genres would be true crime. Okay. I like historical fiction. Mm -hmm. And I do like self-help and biographies. So those would be my top four. Now, if you'd asked me 30 years ago, I would say romance novels. But I don't know if I could talk about a romance novel here. Maybe I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if there's a lot to talk about in a romance novel, novel because they usually have a very similar formula. And the book usually comes out the same in the end. <laughs> now that is true. So, yeah. But so, yeah. So, kind of those are the genres that we'll probably start out with because they're the ones we're most familiar with. And I'm really excited about this too because I haven't finished a book since before COVID. Like, sat wow. down and actually taken the time. I filled it with other things, I filled it with podcasts, I filled it with exercise and watching TV, like just other things. But I'm excited to get back to reading and I can, com I can myself commit to at least one book a month. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I, I agree. Okay. Well, without any further delays, I guess I should introduce the book this month. And I picked it and it is, I would say from the self-growth genre, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it is called The Four Agreements. It's a practical guide to personal freedom, and it is by Don Miguel Ruiz. It is a short read. It's a quick read. It's about 138 pages, and I'll just give you a little bit of information about it. So the four agreements that will be discussed in this book are one, be impeccable with your word. I think Prince Harry should maybe think about mm -hmm. that agreement. Okay. You were supposed to laugh, Suzanne, like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> there we go. Am, there it's I at. Am, I am laughing. I am laughing. But I don't want to make any quick judgments on what or quick assumptions on what that means. Impeccable with your word. What was it? Word. Okay. Yes. Impeccable with your word. because. Um, and that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Number two, don't take anything personally. <laughs> what a joke that is. Yeah. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, Number three, be a hard one. don't make assumptions. Okay. And my favorite line about that, because my husband uses on me once, he goes, he says, Michelle, when you assume something, you are making an ass out of you and me. I've and that spells that. assume. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And the very last one, always do your best. So I think it's going to be a really interesting and inspired read. And I've had it on my shelf since 2020 <laughs> to oh. read. So well, good. Yeah, I already I have a copy. Yep. I think it's going to be it's going to be a great foundation for some good conversation, too. Yes. And so the conversation, that's the part we haven't shared yet. The best part of all this is we are going to have a conversation about the book that we choose for the month on that last episode of the month. Now, right. I don't know if it'll take up the whole episode or just a portion of the episode, but well, that's yeah, our plan. It'll be one of our new segments. It'll be a it's, segment. 
Yes, it'll be book club end of the month, but we'll have to think of a really fun name <laughs> Again, for that's it. A, that's on you. You're okay. Come up with a real clever name for it. Hmm. Well, it hasn't come to me yet, but I have a couple weeks. And so read along with us. We'll put the name of the book in the show notes. So if you want to get a copy, go ahead and read it. Tune in on that last Tuesday of the month and we're going to discuss it. And if you don't read it, you can still tune into the discussion to see if you might want to read it. Right. And I think if you follow us on Instagram or if you don't follow us on Instagram, you need to follow us on Instagram and we can put maybe a picture of the book so you recognize it. Because when I saw a picture of the book, it's like, oh, I've seen that book. I just have never read it. So we could put that on Instagram and or Facebook. Look at you, Suzanne. You're plugging our social media. That's really exciting. That's the best I can do as far as, you know, because I can't actually do the social media, but I can promote the social media. Definitely. So as Suzanne said, if you're listening to this and you like what you hear, please check out our Facebook and our Instagram. They're both Orange Juice Optional. We also have a website, orangejuiceoptional.com. And if you're really liking what you are hearing, please give us a rating at podcast or Apple Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can even, because I tested this feature out, Suzanne, if you go to our website, there's a place mm-hmm. where you can contact us. And I got the technology working enough where the message actually comes through to me. It's just not lost out there in the cyber world. I actually received the message. Wow. Wow. So. That's really impressive. Yeah, I thought so. I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, you know, we got to do what we got to do. That's so. right. That's right. Okay. Well, I guess with that, there's only one more thing we need to do, and that is to give you something to sip on. So. I'm ready. Since you'll miss us for the rest of the week, because we only are on air once a week, this Uh is a quote I'm going to leave you with, because the next time we're on air is actually Valentine's Day. So I found a nice love quote. I actually found two, because I thought one was funny, and then the real one. Okay, so the funny quote. I hope you think it's funny. Uh, (laughs) If love is blind, why is lingerie so popular? And Dorothy (laughs) Parker is the one that said that quote. I just thought that was really funny. But I think I would have said, if love is comfortable, why is lingerie so itchy and uncomfortable? That would have been my quote. (laughs) Well, okay. I agree with that one too. Okay. Well, here's your something to sip on. Being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. That's by Lau. TZU. And that is something to sip on. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers.